Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Okay, Alyssa, Bears have now lost four straight 1913 lots of the Vikings, a winnable game that the defense and the special teams gave them a chance to win, but the offense just can't get it out of their own way. The same thing every single freaking week. But let's focus on Nick Foles' injury day to day with a hip glute thing. Like, I'm not sure. So it sounds like he injured his butt, right? He injured his buttocks is the best way to put this. But that's kind of interesting to me because it looked like he got slammed down in his shoulder collarbone area. That's where I was really feared that he might be seriously hurt when he originally went down, right? They kept showing that replay. But it seems like he's got a butt injury, Alyssa. That's that's all. So he's, he's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, at least he's fine injury-wise. But, I mean, play-wise, you know, not so much. I mean... It, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, it did look very bad, like the way he went down and like how he was on the field and he was kind of like, it looked like he was like convulsing a little bit. Like, it, did, yeah. it looked it was like, scary. like very, I was like, oh my gosh. And like, they're bringing the card out and that's, I was like, he's done. He's done for the year. And apparently, you know, it's, you know, it's an injury, a hip glute injury that should keep him out for a couple of weeks. So unfortunately for Bears fans, but good for Nick Foles. He could be back for that week 12 game against the Packers on Sunday night. No, 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 no. Good good for the Monday night football <laughs> broadcast. They pan right over to Trubisky, who's on the sideline. He's in the ball cap, right? He's not active for that game. He's got the shoulder. But they pan right over to him. And they're like, what? Mitch, how do you feel about this, Mitch? Like, let's see your facial expression. He's just kind of chilling there. This is all just good news for the Bears, right? This is just great news. Foles does not have some sort of season or career-threatening injury. Looks like he'll be okay. But also, now he's giving Mad Nagy the excuse that he's been coveting to insert Mitchell Trubisky back into the lineup, right? He didn't want to do it before. Alyssa did not want to wave the white flag, admit defeat. Uh, He wanted to stick with his decision to keep Foles as the starter and go with him. But Foles, as we've been talking about week after week after week, aside from that comeback win over the Falcons, he has not made the offense any better. He barely got to 100 yards passing against the Vikings, who uh, bottom third in the league against the pass. I cannot believe how bad the offense looked on Monday night. It's just it's time to make the move. Keep Foles on the injury report. Let him heal up. Go back to Mitch Trubisky and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle and beat Green Bay and save your season coming out of the bye, right? That is the only thing that can happen. If there's any type of discussion between Trubisky and Foles, it, you know, in two weeks, I'm going to lose my mind. There's no decision here for Matt Nagy. He's got it all on a platter for him. Foles is hurt. There's no decision, Alyssa. Please tell me that we're not going to have a quarterback controversy or something. Foles has to sit at this point. I think so. And I think assuming that Trubisky is, in fact, healthy because he does have a shoulder injury because Matt Nagy decided to put him in on uh, you know, a gimmicky play <laughs> against the Saints, which, of course, you know, messed his throwing shoulder up. And this you know, I don't think he started. You can't, you can't it, make this stuff up with this really team. Can, you really can't. But, like, I mean, it sounds like they're optimistic that both Trubisky and Foles will be ready. So if that's the case, you really there is no choice. You have to go back to Trubisky. Not that either he or Foles are the future or very good, 
but at the very least, Trubisky is somebody that can get the heck away from that collapsing pocket because he has that mobility that Foles does not because Foles is just a sitting duck back there. He, he And he's holding on to the ball too long. You can see he does not have faith in that offensive line, and he looks like a wounded deer trying to run for his life <laughs> when he does. It's just painful to watch. And oh, like, good. you know, but I think the one thing that we've learned from the last, what is it, seven weeks that Foles has been starting, that it wasn't the quarterback. And at this point, you have to start holding Foles to the same, you know, standards that you were holding Trubisky to. Right. Because honestly, the offense looked a lot better with Trubisky in there. Maybe Trubisky even made the offense look a little bit better than it has been. So, I mean, you have to start judging them accordingly. And I know that Trubisky has been in this offense and on this team longer. Yes, I understand that. But at this point, Foles is not getting the job done. You can't just keep sticking with him as you continue to lose. And again, it's not all on Foles. But at this point, I don't see how you can't go back to Trubisky. And Matt Nagy did not shoot it down, which is important here. Every other time someone's brought it up, he's been like, you know, no, we're sticking with Foles, that blind faith, that blind trust. But now he was like, well, I mean, you're on a four-game losing streak. You can't rule anything out at this point. So like we said, Ryan, that cushion, that cushion's completely gone. There's no more cushion. It is deflated. No, the, the Bears are winless since Matt Nagy brought up the cushion. And for me, with the quarterbacks, it's like I will take a less than 100% Trubisky over Foles and uh, this Tyler Bray kid who we saw for a drive. <laughs> and a uh, holy crap, I, I don't want to like I don't want to diss the kid too much. I know he got thrusted in there cold game winning drive against the Vikings Monday Night Football, all that. Like I don't want to just crap all over him. But he kind of looks like he blows too, right? He doesn't look like he's that good. Like, it it was not pretty when Tyler Bray went out there either. So even if Trubisky's dangling his arm and he can barely throw, I'd rather just go back to him. I think he gives you the only shot to kind of spark some life into the team, into the offense. The defense is doing its job, and I want to get to that later. you got to do something. It's got to be Trubisky. That's that's just where I'm at. Can't be Foles. Can't be Bray. It's got to be him. No, it really does. And like about Tyler Bray, I mean, you know, he's been a career backup for a reason. He was on the practice squad for a reason. He was there because he knows Matt Nagy's offense. He's like that emergency guy, which unfortunately the Bears needed at this point. <laughs> he puts no, on but... his helmet, right? He puts on his helmet and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. crap. You know, you can, you can always, he takes off his ball cap, takes the helmet. And he's like, are you freaking yeah. kidding me? I have to go into this freaking game right now. Oh, yeah. You could tell he was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He should have figured because, you know, you see the licks that Foles is taking week after week. Uh, behind that offensive line and it was only a matter of time before he got hurt i can't believe it lasted that long so i was kind of shocked but you know going back to matt Nagy, and he has to make the call to go back to trubisky and again trubisky isn't going to miraculously save the season he's not the answer he's still not the answer neither of them are the answer but you have to make some kind of change and i think i'm actually op- more optimistic about Nagy actually making the change and admitting his wrongdoing because you saw that he did that same thing with the play calling. You know, he decided to give it up to Bill Lazor for a week. You know, I fully expect, you know, Nagy to be calling plays again against Green Bay because it really, aside from like the first quarter, you know, nothing really changed. Me too. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like this time, assuming that Trubisky's healthy, I think that Nagy would go back to him. The fact that Foles is hurt right now certainly makes that easier. So, you know, he could certainly blame the fact that, you know, Nick is a 100%. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to go back to Trubisky and see what he can do. I do think it's easier because he has admitted his wrongdoing so far this year with the play calling. Why doesn't he do the same thing with the quarterback? I definitely think that at this point, it's a no-brainer. You have to go back to Trubisky. You need some kind of spark. Bowles was brought in against the Falcons and brought that spark. 
although it was certainly just for a half and that spark kind of, you know, just completely disappeared for the last seven games, aside from maybe the Bucks game. But, you know, that's what they need Trubisky to do. More on this bleep show we love to call the Chicago Bears coming up next. <laughs> Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit em, start em. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week 11 of the NFL season. Quarterback Jameis Winston versus the Atlanta Falcons. Winston replaces Drew Brees, who's injured and is going to miss at least several weeks. The former Tampa Bay quarterback has plenty of weapons, the familiarity with this week's opponent, and it doesn't hurt that Atlanta has given up the second most passing yards and the most touchdowns to quarterbacks in 2020. You'll see some Taysom Hill worked in as usual, but Winston is a strong play and has a lot on the line. Running back DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions is moving into that must-start territory. He was officially designated the starter prior to last week's game, and Swift averaged 5.1 yards per carry on his 16 totes, adding another 68 yards and a score on five receptions. Up next is the Carolina defense, one that was slashed last week by Ronald Jones, and he was the sixth back to get at least 25 PPR points in 10 games this year. No team has allowed more catches to the position in 2020. Another guy coming off a strong performance in Week 10 Willie Sneed of the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Averaging six targets in his last three games, Sneed's increase in action has finally paid off with a pair of scores against the Patriots Sunday night. He has Lamar Jackson's trust in all settings and is their go-to clutch receiver. Tennessee has given up huge receiving results in the last five weeks and mostly throughout 2020. This is by far the best matchup for receptions, 25 more than second place, and it's number two for yardage gains. Seven touchdowns have been scored by wide receivers in the last five games. Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He has at least four targets in every game this year and 12 in the last two weeks. Even with a two-game scoreless streak, Thomas has scored 10-plus PPR points in three of his last four games. Prior to holding Eric Ebron to a 38-yard game in Week 10, a contest in which Pittsburgh's receivers destroyed Cincinnati all over the field, the Bengals had given up six touchdowns to tight ends in the previous four contests. Thomas makes for a sneaky play if you're desperate for a tight end. For more fantasy football tips, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Okay, Alyssa, so uh, add Allen Robinson's agent to the list of people that hate the Bears. Brandon Parker, all over Twitter. He's mad about how they're using Allen Robinson. He's mad at the O-line, or he's mad at Ryan Pace. He's mad at Nick Foles. So this is interesting, right? What what you make of Allen Robinson's agent just going ham on the Bears and just kind of losing his mind trying to watch this offense attack the Vikings on Monday night? I feel like he was all of us, you know, watching this team and how frustrated he is. But, you know, obviously with him being Robinson's agent and he just wants his, his guy to get the ball. And at this point, I can't help but be concerned about Robinson's future in Chicago. But, Seriously, that's, you know, that's it, right? Like, Does Robinson even want a long-term deal in Chicago? Because at this point, no. his agent doesn't seem like he does. And Robinson's, Robinson might come to the table and be like, oh, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Like, this is a dumpster fire on offense. Go back to when that whole debacle when he, you know, deleted all of his, you know, bears on social media and all that stuff. And you go back to that point where, you know, he was basically, give me a contract. And they still didn't then. They were saying, oh, you know, we still have negotiations going, but nothing's happened since then. And it could end up being a blessing in disguise because, you know, the bears offense, while horrible at that time, it was not the dumpster fire that it is now. Everything is just absolutely a mess. And, Here's Allen Robinson, the one guy that's just, you know, still carrying the offense. They're, you know, 
it's hard to imagine what this offense looks like without Robinson. And I really don't want to imagine it, but you know, there's a good chance that we're going to see that coming up here. (laughs) What do you think if you're Alan Robinson, what do you think your reaction is to your agent when you uh, get back to the locker room, pull out your cell phone and you see that he's been out there chirping? Are you like calling him up after the game being like, yo, thanks for having my back, my man. Are you like, dude, shut the hell up. What are you doing to me? Like, I don't want people to think I'm a diva. I'm trying to get a contract elsewhere next year. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? What do you think his reaction was? No, I probably think he was like, yeah, thanks for having my back. Yeah. And man, you are right. Yeah. Obviously, he'd never say any of that kind of, you know, publicly. But, you know, it's got to be frustrating for him. And kind of going back to a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the Saints game where you saw. And and, and again, the, the Bears offense was just completely hit rock bottom last night. But it's been pretty terrible these last three weeks as well. And against the Saints, you could see he was visibly frustrated. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't get like that. So you could see that, you know, he's getting frustrated here, how like nothing seems to be working. He's still going to get a thousand yard season here, but man, he's getting, you know, the crap kicked out of him right now. Seriously. Yeah. You know, what's most frustrating about the bears. The more I think about it, it's like, they just don't have a good program right now. You know what I mean? Like it's so much of the NFL and so much of your success in the league is your program. I look at the new Orleans saints, right? Look at the saints. Drew Brees has a freaking collapsed lung on on uh, Sunday and he plays out the first half realizes something's not right the Saints got to go to their backup quarterback they're in a tight game with the 49ers and you know what they bring in the backup quarterback and they figure it out and they win the game and they lean on their defense and their offense and they they do it in all three phases and they finish out the game it's not pretty but they do it and it's because they got a good program they know what they got going on in the Bears I got to question it I do I got to question the program Jimmy Graham not knowing who the play caller was this did make me spit out my coffee this morning Alyssa laughing because this was uh this was ridiculous so as we mentioned earlier Mad Nagy finally hands over the play calling duty to Bill Lazor we've been begging for him to do it because we just need somebody to try something different he finally does even though he's you know he was crying about it to the media being like this is my favorite my favorite part about coaching guys I don't want to give this up don't worry Matt you're going to get to be an offensive coordinator soon enough don't worry about it you know what I mean like I feel like that's where he's heading but this thing with Jimmy Graham not knowing who the play caller was like what how do the players not know who's calling the plays on offense? Like, that just screams dysfunction to me. It does. Like, how, how do you have a good game plan on offense if you don't know who's calling the plays, if your tight end doesn't know? It's just not a good look. Well, apparently they don't have a good game plan regardless of who's calling the plays now. But Seriously, it's like just like, <laughs> like line it up in the sand and we'll figure it out on a cocktail napkin on Monday. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? I'm just shocked that you should be telling your players this. And I don't know if it was because Matt Nagy was like embarrassed or didn't want to, you know, tell them this. And I still, I still think back to the point when he kept telling the, the media over and over, you're not going to know when we make a change. You're not going to know if we make a change. You're not going to know if we make a change. Then he comes out and he's like, we're making a change. I'm going to give it to laser here. It's kind of like transparency with the media, but what about with your players? It was just, it was like a pretty bizarre story. I know we don't really know all the facts about it, but the fact that you, if you watch the video and you see Graham's reaction, he's like, wait, what? And he kind of looks, turns to look, you know, and be like, wait, what do I say? What's happening? Kind of thing. <laughs> like, I don't, he really looked genuinely shocked. And I don't think, you know, that's definitely not a good thing. No, no, no. That just, it's it's not. And at this point, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want Laser or Matt Nagy calling the plays. I think we, you know, like. Well, in, you what know, about Filippo? <laughs> maybe, yeah. Like, I'll, anybody at this point. Like, I'm, I'm looking at like, you know, beer pong, you have a celebrity shot. Like maybe we get maybe we get Michael Jordan, put him up in the press box, let him call a game just for fun to see just to see if something different happens, because I just can't do it anymore. It's just like watching the Bears offense is like painful. 
And as much as I enjoy the podcast, and they give us all these just great storylines from the coach and the quarterbacks and the, the crazy uh, agents and all this stuff, right? Like, this is just so good. It really is. It still uh, is. It think- still is the same story every <laughs> single week. It is. That's the thing. It really. It's, it's like we're like every time after we hang up, we're like, man, let's let's hope the Bears win, you know, so we can have something different to talk about. Because it feels like we're always talking about the Bears offense struggling. But there is one thing that's changing. They keep surprisingly getting worse with each passing week. <laughs> Even though you don't think they can, they find a way to get worse. It seems like last season when they were five and one, not four weeks ago. It, it's insane, and I'm you know it makes you mad that. All of the critics were right that they knew they predicted this collapse. Obviously, looking at what the Bears did when they had easier competition, and then when they started facing some more difficult teams, and and I know we're going to talk about the defense, but you cannot help but I feel so bad for that defense because they are doing everything in their power to win games. And normally, when you put up that kind of game like they had on Monday night, you win every time. And so you, they're doing their jobs, and I'm sure they're frustrated, especially after all these three and outs that the offense had, four three and outs in the second half, and you're, you have to get back up there <laughs> and go back out in the field. You're tired. You already got your big stop, and you have to keep doing it. It's really frustrating, I can imagine, for the defense. Perfect segue. I want to pick that conversation up on the other side. We'll be right back. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 11 Monday Night Football game between the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers come in favored by three and a half points on home field. They beat the Carolina Panthers 46-23 last week. The Rams, they're three and a half point underdogs after their 23-16 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Jeff, how are you feeling about this one? Give me the better coach and the better defense of the Los Angeles Rams. People took Sean McVay for granted and weren't high on the Rams before the season started, but he's got them tied for first place in the NFC West, and I still think the Rams are undervalued. And who's even got the best defense in this game? Rams give up the second-fewest points per game and the fewest yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. I'm on the Rams plus three and a half. It's very evenly matched. You're dead on there. The Buccaneers, they have more offensive weapons for the Rams to cover. They keep them busy. They win by four points. All odds courtesy of BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSlip and Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. As we've been talking about, Alyssa, the, the offense on Monday night against the Vikings, rock bottom. It's kind of a crappy defense, too, which is even more frustrating. 147 yards of offense, 17 rushes, 17 rush attempts, I should say, for 41 yards. No offensive touchdowns, only two field goals. They got the uh, touchdown from Corderell Patterson returning a kickoff. Your defense gets a turnover, gives you a short field, you kick a field goal. It's just so freaking brutal. And I had to, I looked this up because I'm like, man. It seems like the Bears hold a team under 20 every single week. They average 20.9 points against per game. So that's less than three scores a game. That's really, really good. That just shows how bad your offense is right there. That's just statistically, that just shows you. The only teams that are better than the Bears, Alyssa, in scoring defense are the Ravens, Rams, Steelers, Colts, Dolphins, Chiefs. All winning teams, teams going to the playoffs, right? A lot of them on the AFC side, obviously, but that's where the Bears are. They're in that kind of company statistically on defense but yet they're 5-5, five and five and this team should be so much better. You've been saying it all year. This team should be a playoff team. 
Should be one of the best teams in the league. If it just had a representative offense, the Bears would probably be six and three right now, seven and three, whatever. Instead, they're five and five and probably not making the playoffs. And that that one's got to hurt because you're you're not going to have a D this good every year. They're squandering it, and there's no question about it. They're squandering it. They really are. That's the most frustrating thing is they're wasting that defense, and this is nothing new. And last year, too, this is the same old thing. You know, they were one of the top defenses in the league in terms of points allowed. And, you know, they could have been better with the takeaways and the sacks, but they were a top 10 defense again last year. And a lot of the defenses that were ahead of them or near them were playoff teams. But yet yet again, you have an offense that cannot do anything. They can't get out of their own way. I mean, you can't help but feel so incredibly frustrated as a fan. And you imagine what that defense is feeling, but yet they go on out, out there, they fight to the, you know, to the end, you know, even after losing Akeem Hicks, which that was just an absolute brutal blow. I think that was the, the moment that it was game over because he was, he's just an, the heart and soul of that defense. And he had quite a good game. Roquan Smith just continues to ball out. You know, they're fighting there to the end. They are a championship caliber defense that continues to be wasted. And, you know, you kind of felt like this was win now mode for the bears. And the fact they, they can't win at all. And so now you're going to waste this defense again. And it's just, it's a real shame. All right. I I feel like I'm usually a little bit more positive, a little bit more peppy on the show, but I'm a little bit down in the dumps. The Bears are getting me down, Alyssa. They're getting me down. They're taking away all my positive energy. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Oh, man. It was so fun. Like you said, it was so fun when they were 5-1, and one, and it's just it's taking a little bit out of me. But the good news is they're on a bye week. We get a week off from the Bears. I think we all need a ah, week off. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the bye week for uh, Alyssa Barbieri, the Bears Wire editor? Do you get a little bit of time off? How do you spend the uh, the bye week for the Bears? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be working still. I'm going to kind of take a look at their first half of their season and you know kind of break everything down, unfortunately. Oh, what, are you, how what, are you what are you doing to yourself? Don't do that. <laughs> I have. Oh man, it's never rest, never sleep. Uh, Keep keep working. um, Try to find a way to see if the Bears can still make the playoffs. I'm going to be monitoring, obviously, the quarterback situation, all of that. It's an important bye week. I feel like it's coming at a good time, especially because of the injuries at the quarterbacks. Because could you imagine Tyler Bray going into Lambeau Field next week? No, no. That would just be horrible and like you, you said earlier in the show when you were talking about you know if the bears can find a way to beat the packers i was like trying to hold back laughter like <laughs> it was just well I mean, they cannot beat them they can't beat them when they're decent you know when they have like the worst offense in the league and again the packers have a defense you know that can be beat look at what the jaguars were doing seriously but yeah, the, yeah, I, just, like I don't see the bears offense. yeah and i still don't think the bears often stands a chance if we're if we're talking any path to the playoffs for the bears i feel like it's got to start with a they somehow got to figure out a way off a bye week in Green Bay in week 12. They got to play the Packers twice, right? They're going to have to win at least one of those games to have even a sniff of being mathematically alive entering week 17 for the playoffs. So it's it's a big ball game. You're right. Got to get healthy. Got to figure it out in the bye week. They got to figure out something. Maybe they call Michael Jordan. Like I said, maybe they get him in the press box. He's got his scotch. <laughs> it's time to start throwing Hail Marys at this point. They, they got to find a way. It really is. Let's just let anyone start calling plays at this point. Like, like I was, I was like, just folds, that folds. You know, fold, you know this offense. There you go. Play, do whatever you want. Just yeah. do something. I'd rather see him call the plays. Than, yeah, I'd rather see him call the plays to be under center. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, all right, all right. Don't work too hard this uh, week, Alyssa. You deserve some time off, just like the Bears do. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch some actual football teams this weekend, so that'll be nice. So just you know, avoid the Jets. You know, just watch, you know, watch some yes. decent football. There's plenty to be had. So thanks for uh, joining us on Earth Week therapy session for the bears and we'll be back next week on the bears wire podcast 
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.